0: If you overheard your partner complaining about sex with you, what would they say? Is your sex life stale,
1: predictable, or routine? And is it possible to course correct your sex life,
0: or do you have to change partners in order to create excitement again? Somatic sex educator Alyssa Marine teaches men and women what we should have learned about sex ages ago. Today, she's gonna help us learn the three keys to more enjoyable sex.
1: And please note, This is a very explicit discussion. It's not safe for work. Welcome to The New Man. Today we're talking with Alyssa Marine. She is a somatic sex educator. She's got a new course for men called Aroused, The Keys to Her Pleasure. I I had to say it with a little thing there.
2: I noticed. (laughs) Um,
1: How to use her anatomy, your touch, and communication to unlock deeper intimacy. Ooh, is this really just, is, this is like, was, was it how to get it on better? Was that one of the options for, for the subtitle? Uh, how to get it on.
2: <laughs> it wasn't, but it could have been.
1: All right. I'm not yeah. trying to, I don't want to demean your offering here, but I just not thought. Uh, you can learn more for, by visiting thiseroticlife.org slash aroused. Alyssa, thanks for talking today.
2: Thanks
1: for having me. Uh, I want to know, what is a somatic sex educator? That sounds very fancy.
2: So somatic sex education is an umbrella term um, for people who are working um, with people around their sexuality, and it's very body-based. So traditional sex therapy tends to come from the mind down, Mm -hmm. and the body of work that I'm trained in very much comes from your body up. So we're using your body and your sensations and your experiences to inform and understand you and your sexuality, rather than taking what we know about you and using that to inform your body. Does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> the look <laughs> on your face has me thinking it doesn't.
1: <laughs> well, let me see if I got this right. You can talk yeah. to me about my sexuality, and you can talk to me about what turns me on, or you could have me access that in my body and work from there. Is exactly. that right?
2: Exactly, yeah, so it looks, it's very experiential, Um, so instead of just sitting in an office talking with each other, we're doing different experiments to see what happens in your body as we're in the space together, and that can include, um, and sometimes does include, full body touch, Mm -hmm. um, including genitals, and arousal, and orgasm um, as a part of it. Wow. Wow. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I know that you work with women. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that my assumption is that your work with women and hearing their complaints or hearing some of their struggles is opening a doorway for you to work with men. Like, hey, guys, if you get this stuff right, it's going to really help what's going on with the ladies. Is that correct?
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. There's so, definitely themes that happen.
1: Okay. So what is it that you hear from women that guys aren't getting right? If we just had to kind of start to get a sense of what are, what are the ladies saying about us and what we're getting wrong. I, w- I want to I pull the curtain back and get get that information. Not about me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know some things, too, about you. <laughs> I'll only share them if you want me to. <laughs> Just kidding.
1: <laughs> All right. You caught me off guard there. All right. Um, okay. So, yeah, what, what, what's going on out there? What are the ladies saying that, we don't, that we're not getting?
2: Yeah. So one of the number one things is, um, having sex be goal oriented and even broader, having just touch be goal oriented. So a lot of women come to me, um, talking about their partners and and they're, they're like, every time he touches me, I feel like he's trying to get in my pants. And so I can't actually relax and enjoy any sort of contact because it feels like he's just trying to get to sex. Mm. Um, so that's one part of it. And the other part is then once they're engaging sexually, it's like there's this goal towards orgasm, mm-hmm. which then um puts a lot of pressure on the women and on their experience, and they feel like they're rushed to try and get somewhere, which then makes it harder to have an orgasm and they just don't enjoy themselves and start dreading sex. Entirely because it be, there's just a specific goal in mind.
1: We got to get there, and, and I could imagine from a guy's point of view. I know that this this has been true for me. It's like there's something attached to a. I got to have sex to feel good, right? But then there's some, there's a performance aspect, right? I want well, I want her to have great sex so I feel better about myself. A lot of us are kind of swimming in that place where sex isn't just about enjoying ourselves. It's kind of a way that I feel better about myself. And if yeah. I don't perform well, I'm not going to feel good about myself.
2: Right. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. And something that comes along with that, probably the most obvious thing that women complain about specifically in sex with their men is that he goes right for my tits and my pussy. Like that's all he goes for. That's bad. <laughs> sometimes it's great, you know, sometimes it's exactly what we want. And, and I would say that most of the time, um, we want you to start more from the edges and work your way in.
1: Okay. I think that's the part that's really confusing Is we get mixed messages. What do women want? We want to get it right. We want to perform well. We want you to feel good about it so that you want to have sex with us again, but we're really not able to tune in there. What I'm getting here is there's, we need to learn how to tune into our partner. We need to learn how to listen to our partner and communicate with our partner. Cause there's just going to be times where it's like, grab it and go. And then there's times where it's like, no, slow down. Let's, let's build something here and, and, and work a little slower. Yep. Okay. Yeah. It's not one size fits all. Like I got my move. I learned my move in the dorm and I'm using my move.
2: Yikes. I'm just imagining the like... The dorm move? The you guys know the that door? I was with in college, it's like, <laughs> oh, God, if you're still using that, you definitely need an update. <laughs> it's time to update the operating system. Dorm
1: moves are on. The, okay, no more dorm moves. Um, just, oh, and I'm just getting like, this is why if we really didn't take care of this, the cost of this is that we don't... A, we don't have sex. Mm-hmm. That would be awful, right? Like our relationship... Or I'm just like, I, I'm nervous. I don't know what to do. So I I'm I'm nervous about actually being with a woman and I might not go down that road. If I don't feel confident, that might be a place where I'm going to get rejected or criticized. If I'm in a relationship, um, it might be getting stale because we have a certain routine Wednesday night. Kids do this and then we go in and I touch the boobs and the pussy and then bam, it's 10 minutes. I'm back out watching the game. Yeah. It just gets into a rut. Like it's, there's no, totally. there's no adventure. Totally.
2: Anymore. And what I see a lot of the time, um, I had this client um, earlier this year who he'd been married for 30 years and he and his wife had never talked about sex ever in 30 years, except for when they were having it, they would sort of talk about it, but their sex had gotten less and less frequent. And he had no idea if she was enjoying it or not. He wasn't, but he had no idea if she was or wasn't. And he didn't know how to ask her and was terrified to ask her cause he didn't, it was just opening a whole can of worms.
1: And so when you say talk about sex, is it specifically like, hey, how was that for you? What could I have done better? Um,
2: or like, I would like to be having more sex. Would you like to be having more sex? Mm-hmm. Like okay. that wasn't even happening in, the, in, the, in their relationship. And so, um, and this is sort of like, I'm, I'm sort of steering a different direction, but it's, but where it feels related is that um, you got to start talking about sex with well, your
1: partner. And I could just imagine if with anything, if, if there's an elephant in the room and we're not talking about it, we're not addressing it, then this pressure starts to build up. And sex is one of those places where if there's pressure, if there's something off, it's just going to be really hard to enjoy it, right? We can get along and work in the office with somebody that, that we may have pressure and that kind of weird stuff in. But it, when it comes to sex, like getting aroused, actually being able to have an orgasm and enjoy ourselves deeply, it's just not going to happen if that kind of oh, don't say this or don't do that or make sure, you know, yeah. whatever. That's That kind of stuff's in the room.
2: Yep, yep, absolutely. <laughs> I was just going to reference um, a metaphor from Mark Michael Lewis, who you maybe know. Yeah, he's um, been on But the show. he talks about um, keeping the glass clean between you and your partner and how if there's, like, shit that's up for you, and this is true in your sex life for sure, if there's stuff that's up where you're, like, wanting something and not saying it or, or not sure if – she's liking it or not or whatever it is, that's getting the glass dirty between the two of you. And then you can't actually see each other and know and connect and find what feels good or even find each other. Okay. And so it's just sort of a keeping the glass clean.
1: Which is a novel idea for a lot of people in relationships. A lot lot of times we just, "Ah, I'm not going to deal with it. I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to open up a can of worms, like you said. So it just gets murkier and murkier and dirty and we just don't deal with it. Is it possible if if I've been in a relationship for a long time and this is this is how we have sex and this is how things are done? Is it possible to course correct things? Because a lot of guys are like, "Well, the sex is kind of lousy. It's on this plateau. I need new, new lady, new action, new mm-hmm. situation. Leave
2: this relationship, see someone else. Right?
1: It's not good. I know this is all that it is. So there's nothing to explore here. I'm done. I got to look outside of this, and that's scary. Oh no, alimony or you know whatever." Um, so is it possible to course correct the relationship sexually?
2: Totally. I think it takes a lot of work.
1: Like what kind of work? Like when you say a lot of work, like, what does that mean?
2: Well, you got to learn how to talk about it and how to communicate about it and how to get really honest with each other about what you're experiencing and getting really open to hearing what your partner's experiencing. So that's part of it, which is, that's a big deal in and of itself.
1: Just um, even that edginess of of like, stop trying to put your finger in my butt, man. I'm tired of it. Like what or <laughs> that whatever. Sort
2: of thing. Yeah. Or just claiming just owning the experience of I am not satisfied with our sex life. Mm. And I'm wanting things to be different. And so there's some really clear um ways that you can start that conversation if you haven't been having it that can be helpful to just sort of ease both of you into it so that it's not Like you're blaming her, or you're shutting things down, or you're saying that something's wrong. It's an invitation for more with each other.
1: Right. I just know I've heard this scenario so many times of the guy that's not satisfied in his sex life, but doesn't feel like he can talk about it. Right. Mm -hmm. To say I'm not satisfied is just going to turn into a shitstorm, and then on the other end, to to even start to. Like want to go outside of the relationship, or even to express his desire, or for something else, is like she's shut down. There's kind of this ownership thing. A lot of these guys are kind of in this relationship where they're dating their mom in a way. It's just like, is it okay if I do this? Is not okay if I do that? She's going to get mad at me if I say this or mad. So there's this kind of ownership. And I, but the thing that I'm getting so far is where we got to take personal responsibility and personal ownership for our sex life. This is my sex life, and this I share the sex life with you instead of I gave this to you when we got married or when we decided to be in a relationship that's that's Beautiful. the first thing we've got to really own is that this is mine and i i don't want to be stuck in in a trap for the rest of my life kind of thing
2: yep yeah i mean that sexual sovereignty that you're speaking to is ultimately the goal that we have and if you're coming from that place with your partner instead of from this like a ass- from all of these sort of assumptions and projections and enmeshment of like what you spoke to like claiming your own sovereignty there and recognizing that this is yours and your partner is a part of it, but it's ultimately yours to have and to live.
1: And you co-create it with somebody else. But yeah. I, I think that's the that first part is a lot of guys just kind of throw themselves up like, well, I'm damned. I'm done. I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't. It's up to yeah. her. Yeah. She de- She determines whether we have sex. And there's just a lot of places where we give up our power if we're in that oh. kind of dynamic
2: totally totally yeah. and it's hard like the odds in so many ways are stacked against this it's hard they're stacked against opening things up and having true conversations about your sex life and shifting things because mm-hmm. we're so busy we have so many roles with each other you know we're building we're building lives together paying bills together raising kids together there's just so much happening in your lives together that sex often ends up on the back burner mm-hmm. for both of you right and so working on cultivating your own connection to that in yourself that maybe has nothing to do with her can be part of that process, which can be self-pleasuring.
1: Well, I think that's huge. Yeah, so, so I can work on my sex life and I can work on my own sense of pleasure without necessarily needing my wife's involvement or my wife's permission or this is where I can take full responsibility for it and be like, well, she can come and play, the door's open, but maybe not literally, but the, but the idea is that we can work on this together or I'm just not going to sit by and be like, Oh, well I'm, I'm done. You know, I can't, I can't do anything about it. Yeah. Okay. That's empowering to be able to have that. Great.
2: Great. I'm glad to hear it. Well, I, you know,
1: even for me, I, I think after we had our daughter and there was a, a, a point there where our lives were upside down and and Allison's uh, body had changed because of the pregnancy and there was a thing like, oh, man, we went from having r- really good uh, situation to not so good. And I remember just being like, well, I guess maybe that's it. Like, I remember just like, is this it? Like, I'm in the next phase of my life yeah. now and I had a good run there for a while. So there was... I, we, didn't, we didn't hit a wall there, thank God. But I just remember a lot of guys probably hit a certain wall at certain points in their relationship, and they're just like, oh, well. And then I, I imagine they find other means to do this. But sure. I like that you can, you're, you're talking about how you teach men to come back to themselves and that you can start from that place and then integrate it.
2: Yep, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Okay. All right, so I'm getting, I'm getting the, the communication piece is huge. Talk about being bold. Hey, this isn't working for me. I want another possibility. And then you've talked about this anatomy piece, which is just understanding a woman's body more. So walk us through that.
2: Great. What we learn generally or what we're taught about women's bodies when it comes to sex is pretty unhelpful, is what I would say. We learn reproductive anatomy in school, but the anatomy of arousal in women's bodies is not... Until I started studying this work, it wasn't something that was readily available. It's like doctors it's porn don't learn. what do you mean it's porn well, I mean that's it
1: right that's the education right oh, is sure. that, is that mean, what most of what most of us have is we watch porn and like oh, that must be what a woman wants because she's making those sounds so but that's grossly incongruent like this that doesn't work <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, and we also just don't even learn. Like it, with with male and like in school, when you're in school and you're in sex ed or in health class and you're learning about human anatomy, right? We don't. There's a whole bunch of women's anatomy that is erased completely from the diagrams that we see. Like women have erectile tissue, just like men do, hmm. but we don't ever learn about it. And it's really important. Like if she's not enjoying sex, if sex is painful for her. Um, there's a good chance that she's not actually fully aroused anatomically right and ready for intercourse
1: and what i'm getting from this is that as women you guys you guys didn't get this information right. so it's, it's so why is there an expectation that as guys we're ready to be sex gods like we're going to know how to do this stuff
2: what well- i don't think i understood your question can you ask? well it's that just again?
1: that women i I just want to relay it out there is that, that yeah. women don't even know the right. stuff about their own bodies and their, their right. that that's part of your work is to educate women like yes. hey this is how your own body works
2: right okay yeah that's a huge part of what i do with women is just letting them know like okay so it takes your man maybe one to two minutes to get fully erect and aroused it takes your body <laughs> <laughs> you made a face <laughs> i was like
1: two minutes
2: okay well it can like that's a i mean it's not true for everybody of course but right. on average okay. one to two minutes. it can take it can go that fast all right women the average is 30 to 35 minutes to, to become, get aroused to become engorged the way that can happen in our bodies to become fully engorged okay which you want to have happen. Like you want us to be fully engorged before you enter inside of us because we're going to be both bigger and more flexible in our bodies, in our vaginas. Can I say vagina on your podcast?
1: No, absolutely not. <laughs> you can say shit, fuck, all these other
2: <laughs> But not vagina. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so our vaginas get both more roomy and more snug with full arousal. So that makes us a good fit for any penis. And so you want our bodies to be fully aroused and engorged.
1: Okay. And so I can hear that guy out there. He's already starting to take notes. He's like, all right, 35 minutes Uh and to get her engorged. I'm going to get this right. Like I can hear that part of him. That's like, I'm going to get this right. I'm going to get really good. I'm going to get the sex thing down. Uh What does that mentality do to sex? I just want to name it right now. What is that, that that guy that's like, "I'm going to get it right, I'm going to show yep. you uh, I'm, I'm really good at the sex thing.
2: Yep, you want a name for it or you want
1: well, just what's, it, what's the experience <laughs> like to, 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 to be with him?
2: Right. so there's often this experience where men go from being like all about themselves and all about the goal, which is where we started, you know, where women are complaining that men have this goal in mind.
1: Get over here, I want to get off and then I want yeah. you to get away from me.
2: And then oftentimes what I see is it then flips to, oh my God, I want to do everything I possibly can to make you feel good in your body. And they're so over in our bodies and in our experience that we actually, there's this like, oh my God, I need some space. Mm. And you're turning this into work and you're trying to figure me out. I am not a problem to be solved. Mm -hmm. Like- back off a little
1: bit. That explains like the more I did David Data stuff, the less okay. my girlfriend at the time enjoyed our sex. And I was yeah. like, what are you talking about? I'm turning into a, I'm going to fuck you open a God here. Fuck,
2: right, <laughs> right, right. But instead it feels like a project.
1: It, yes, I had, turned, like, I had turned our sex into, into a project.
2: Yeah. yeah, and there's still a goal. It's still goal, goal oriented. It's just a less.
1: Well, it was about me, right? Oh, I was sorry. still in this place. Like it was about me. I'm going to get this right. I'm going to show you. Okay, so we were talking about engorged and snug and large <laughs> vaginas. Um, but
2: uh-huh. but I'm,
1: what, I'm, what I'm getting is that women don't, are learning about their bodies more and more. We, weren't, we haven't been taught this stuff. There's a whole, I've learned through this work with my own wife, that there's just so much to, to be learned. And it's exciting. Like It's exciting yeah. to learn. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that this was possible uh-huh. with, with, uh, with our bodies. Yeah. Um,
2: and it's incredibly empowering for women to learn about their own bodies as well. What's more important than learning anatomy, which it's important to learn and to know you know certain landmarks and where am I in this woman's body? Um, but what's even more important than that is to learn how to explore with curiosity and to follow pleasure. Because no matter where her G-spot is or her clitoris or her A-spot or whatever, it doesn't matter if you can find them. What matters is do they feel good and what makes them feel good, what actually feels good in her body. That's so, more important. So
1: it's I, I, I get to have my knowledge. I get to have the things that I practice, but it's a blank slate every time.
2: Right. Every it's time.
1: A, every time it's a blank slate.
2: Every time. I mean, there's probably with your partner as you spend time together, you'll find patterns and themes that show up every time. But women's bodies change all the time throughout the month, depending on where they are in their cycle. Um, Literally, their bodies change. Like, where their cervix is in their vagina shifts and changes depending on where they are in their cycle. So there's just literal changes that are happening all the time in their bodies. And what feels good can depend on what happened immediately prior to it, what time of day it is, how warm or cold in the room it is, how we feel about you in that particular moment. Like it's this sort of enigmatic shifting thing in our own bodies. Mm -hmm. And so there's really this practice of instead of coming in, being like, all right, I know exactly where your clitoris is and I know how to touch it for you. It's like, let me just explore and see what feels good to you in this moment and get feedback from you and follow the pleasure and the sensation rather than following a protocol or following a map.
1: Well, there's an agenda, right? I know what to do. I've got the moves. I studied them. I read the books. I heard the podcast. And now I'm going to go try this move instead of who is this person in front of me? Like, what's her? Right. where's her body today? Right. Where's her mood today? Right. What's just going to help her in this moment? And I may have some information, but it's really still going to be like, let's see. Let's yeah, see it's what's an going
2: experiment. on. Mm-hmm. It's an experiment. That's how Like my partner and I, are kind of always viewing, not always, that's an exaggeration, because sometimes we're just playing and having fun, but it's like one grand experiment after another. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it like if I touch you here? And we're not dialoguing this as we go with clients, I am, where it's like, okay, let's try, like, here's some different strokes we can try on your cock or on your pussy. Here's some different strokes. And like, how is that? Do you want me to go faster? What about slower? Right. How's the pressure? How's the location? And varying up those three things can have vastly different results.
1: Yeah, and I can imagine being in the bedroom like, oh, how does this work for you, honey? And I'm going to try a little more pressure. And that can kind of ruin the moment. But I, I, I can try things and then just pay attention to her.
2: Absolutely. right? I can
1: pay attention to her body and how it feels and if she's breathing differently or moving differently and like, okay, I think we're on to something here.
2: And also just looking at her pussy can give you a huge amount of information because they change as we get aroused. So there you'll notice the color changing. You'll notice the size and shape changing. And when you see those things start to come in, you know that she's getting aroused.
1: So I'm, I'm imagining the guy out there that thought his sex life was pretty stale, pretty static and now he's recognizing that I've, he's been living in kind of a one bedroom apartment but he didn't realize he had a, he had access to a whole house like that door goes to a, a whole adventure here if they're willing to just start to play start to you know hey well, let's see let's see what happens here it might open yeah. up a whole
2: host of possibilities yep okay totally and setting that context with your partner so saying you might get a very different response if she's always like no i don't want to have sex if you set this context of like hey can we set aside, I don't know, start with something small like 15 minutes to just enjoy each other's bodies or just touch each other's bodies and just starting with touch on the outside of her body, like on the edges, like I started with? I, I realize I'm like demonstrating things on my body as I'm talking to and people can't see that. But right. So, so arms so, and
1: shoulders, you know, just like
2: arms and shoulders, legs, just starting with touch there to sort of build contact and to build connection and intensity can then you you start to lay the groundwork for that kind of exploration in more directly sexual experiences
1: and this is where sex can be something that happens all day whereas opposed like uh i want to have sex so now i'm going to go start this touching process with her that this is where we can be playful or we can be touching and nudging each other throughout the day or whatever and and that to me feels better than Oh, I want to fuck. Let me, let me start this game with you. Let me, you know. Oh, suddenly I just want to touch you. Oh, no, no nothing attached here. It's like, come on.
2: Right? Yeah, yeah. it's like putting deposits in the bank mm-hmm. that you can draw from later. It's like, oh, I'm just gonna like walk by you and stroke your arm and then go on my way. It's like a little deposit in the connection and intimacy and turn on bank.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm getting these kind of three areas of literal communication, like how we talk to each other, how we get information from each other, understanding her anatomy, just being willing to like, hey, this is is how things are laid out. Um, And then understanding the different types of touch that lead into actual sex. But And that there's just a much broader context. And that most most of us are not doing that. We don't understand how to really communicate. We don't really understand how the, the vagina works. And we don't really understand these different forms of touch. We're just going in there and... Getting off, essentially. A lot of us are. Um,
2: and I want to make it clear that that this isn't just men's problem. Like, it's not like women know all of this stuff, and then men are the problem. There's very much—like, women don't know this stuff either. Yeah. And so um, finding—like, yes, do your work and figure out what, what you can bring to the table with your partner to improve your sex life if you want it pe- to be different— but she's got to do her work, too, because it's like a, it's a shared thing.
1: I'm so glad you brought that up because I think that it's so common for guys to put women on a pedestal in a, in a sort where they know it. there's there's a mystery, but the women are – no they understand the mystery, and they're just not helping us understand it. But women yeah. are in the mystery, too. Like, I have no idea why this got me off last time, and now I'm repulsed by it.
2: Totally. Yeah. Okay. We don't always know. Okay. <laughs> And some of us are better at communicating that than others. Yeah. Some of us make that about our experience. Some of us blame you for it. But but really, there's just a huge host of of misinformation, lack of information, and lack of understanding about sex in general.
1: Okay. So now I'm understanding why I would want to take this course that you're offering. Um, in the course, is this something like, I could? imagine, this is really private. Do you? Is this an interactive thing? Am I going? To, are people going to understand who I am if I'm participating? Do I get to remain anonymous? Like, describe that because I can imagine if I'm if I don't feel safe there, I'm just not going to do it.
2: Great, yeah. So it's primarily going to be me teaching. So there's a lot of information. This is virtual.
1: This is virtual. Virtual. Yes. Yeah,
2: virtual um, information diagrams and images. Um, There won't be any like live body demonstrations, but I have this um, pussy pillow. That's like an an anatomical.
1: I've seen your giant pussy pillow.
2: Yeah, you've seen it. That (laughs) is an engorged. (laughs) That is a huge. It's very engorged. That'd be so cool (laughs) if someone made one that would actually like, oh my God, I got to get someone to make that for me. You can have like the Air Air Pump. pump. (laughs) Um, To do, to demonstrate different ways to touch. Diagrams, visuals, all of that. Time for questions and answers, so you can ask your questions. Um, but you can you can call in on the phone. You won't be able to see things, but you'll get the recording later that has the video. You okay. don't even have to come to the live version. You can just catch the recordings of it. Okay. Um, and you can also, you know, it's on Zoom, um, mm-hmm. which has the video option, but you can turn your video off. Okay. Put in a fake name, so you could be completely. You could just lie entirely about who you are, and we'll have agreements about sure. who, how we're sharing this thing and who's in it so that you get to feel safe there.
1: Okay. And, and kind of basic overview of the course, how long is it? How many hours? Like, what, what are you talking about there?
2: Yeah. So it's five one-hour sessions, so five weeks in a row starting in January.
1: Yeah. It's just a, an easy way, quick way to understand women's arousal a little bit more when it comes to communication, anatomy, yep. and basic touch. Yes. Okay. Exactly. I wish you had done this a long time ago.
2: <laughs> well, me too.
1: I could have, I, I could have, this would have saved me a lot of headaches. Uh, Alyssa Marine, check out her online course for men called Aroused, The Keys to Her Pleasure. Uh, it's available at thiseroticlife.org slash aroused. Make sure you get aroused in there. Oh, thank you so much.
2: Thank you.
0: If these interviews are helping you, then please visit The New Man on
1: iTunes and leave us a positive review so others can discover the show more easily. Thanks for listening.